At the St. Charles Area Chamber of Commerce, we are here for our members. We understand that every member is different and it isn't always feasible for them to come to us. And that's when we bring the chamber to them with the help of our sponsor, State Street Jewelers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the stories, wisdom, and advice from our members as we get up close and memberable. Okay, we're sitting down with uh, Chris and Megan Curran from The Graceful Ordinary. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so let's start from the beginning. Um, How did you guys end up in business together? Well, we are married. Um, So we met in 2010 in Chicago. We were both living and working in the city, um, both at separate restaurants. And when we met, we met through group of mutual friends. They introduced us. We hit it off. Um, and it moved pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We ended up um, moving back out to the suburbs. I grew up in Burlington, so about 30 minutes west of here. And we ended up moving back out to the suburbs when our son turned one. Um, so that was in 2014, 10 years ago. 2014. Yeah. And we were commuting to the city ever since then. So we both working the crazy restaurant hours that we were working would also add on that 55 minute to an hour drive both ways. And we did that for several years and it was tough, but that was also the big reason why we moved back out to the suburbs was so that we had family that could help with our son. Um, but we, we decided mm, several years after doing that, that we wanted to try and build something closer to home. And we tried. We looked at multiple locations in St. Charles, in Geneva, Batavia. We were kind of focusing on the Fox Valley area in general. Um, and then 2020 came around. Yeah. And, uh, and we both were furloughed um, from our jobs when COVID hit. Uh, and, you know, I love telling the story. It's kind of serendipitous, but um, we were sitting in some of our friends' uh, backyard um, on, I think it was your birthday weekend. It was around then. Yeah. It was around then. It was in May of 2020. And we were just having a cookout and, um, Meg got a text message from her sister's friend who said, Hey, I've got these guys. They just, they're friends of mine. They just bought a building in downtown St. Charles and they want to do a, a fine dining restaurant in it. Um, and her family owns some, you know, breakfast spots up in Elgin and she was, they asked her if her family would be interested. And she's like, that's not what my family does. But um, she's like, I have these friends. And so Meg looked at me and she said, what do you think? And I said, well, it's COVID. We don't know if the hospitality industry or restaurants as we know them are coming back, but neither one of us has a job right now. And so and we don't know if, what's going to happen. So there's always, why not have a conversation? Um, and, uh, and so the next Monday, or the following day, I think it was a Monday, I called um, who our now business partner, uh, Conrad. Um, and he, we had a 10 minute conversation. I kind of gave him our backgrounds, you know, where we had both come from, what we had both done. And he said, you know, I'd really, my dad's my business partner. I'd like to get him involved in the conversation. Um, and so that Thursday, I, I came down and met in person with them. Um, and we had a, a five minute conversation and, and Kurt turned to me and said, you know, uh, I got, I got nothing to do. We can sit here all day, but you're the, you're the, you're the people that we want. You know, we did our research. 
what do we got to do to make this happen? And it was kind of a, you know, a moment where it didn't seem real. And, uh, and then, you know, we just worked through it and here we are, you know, that's four almost four years later now. God, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't seem like four years. But. It kind of goes back to that thing. You try so hard to try and make something happen and you, it, it just doesn't work out the way you think it will or it maybe that it'll never work out and then when it's right it just clicks into place and that's what happened with this for sure yeah well we're happy to have you in saint charles um what makes the graceful ordinary so special in your guys's eyes i think for me the attention to detail we you know even as diners ourselves, we spend a lot of time going out to restaurants out in the suburbs. We knew what we could bring to the table that wasn't out here already necessarily. And I think for us, what was always maybe lacking in some concepts outside of the city is just that overall attention to detail. So that's where, for me, that's when food, drink, service, and ambiance all come together to tell a story. Um, you can walk into a place that has great food, but the ambiance might be off. You can go into a place that has great cocktails, but the food's maybe not so great. So maybe you go there for just drinks and you go somewhere else for food. We wanted a place that told a story. Um, that's how we do and approach all of our concepts is what is the story that we're trying to tell and how can we convey that to our guests? Um, so it was a lot of time and energy, a lot of, um, a lot of research. Uh, I know I spent probably several hours trying to find the right light fixture or chair, uh, COVID and manufacturing issues (laughs) made that even more difficult. But I think what we came up with in the end definitely tells our story, which is that it is a colonial American tavern but modernized. Um, We wanted it to be elevated. We still wanted it to be approachable. We knew because of the location, it was going to play a pivotal role in the community. So we wanted someone who was out running errands to still feel comfortable coming in and maybe their yoga pants and a sweatshirt just to have a salad and a glass of wine. Whatever, treat yourself during the day while you're shopping. That's what we wanted. And we wanted people to feel comfortable. The great thing that we hear and the feedback that we get from our guests, we do receive it often, is uh, that we have been able to create that balance. Um, And I think we achieve that with our amazing team. They are approachable. They are fun. They connect with our guests. They care. And And I think that is another thing that sets us apart, too. In a day where... Maybe a lot of us are used to service lacking in some areas. Our team are top notch and wanting to provide their guests a memorable experience, Um, wanting people to come and celebrate their special moments with us and leave happy and wowed. And I think, you know, we're not perfect, (laughs) but I think 95% of the time we get there. Well, the effort is there from from everyone on our team, right? Um, And I think it goes back to one of our core values and our core philosophies is um, bringing hospitality back to the hospitality industry Mm -hmm. for so long. And this is something that when we sat down and we're doing it all, we kind of 
pinpointed as something we wanted to do. But for so long, there's been this like air, especially in fine dining restaurants where we come from in in Chicago, that you know the guest is lucky to be there and lucky to experience what we have to offer and lucky for all those things. And we don't buy into that. You know, we're lucky to be a part of this community. We're lucky to have the guests come in through our doors and you know help us do what we love doing for a living. And so we wanted to bring that idea of hospitality back to the hospitality industry that's kind of been lost a little bit, but not just for the guests who walk through our door. It's for our staff. You know, like our, our philosophy is to to be hospitable to our guests every day, to our staff every day, um, and then to the community every day. Um, because we know that we don't exist without those three things. And so, you know, when when you have that, I think is one of your core values and one of your core points. Um, you, you do get a lot of buy-in from, from your team. Um, and that, and we're, we're there with them, you know, we're working right next to them every single day and, you know, they see how hard we're pushing. And I think that that drives them to, to want to do it too. Yeah, no, that's great. And speaking of being there kind of on the front with the staff and team, how do you guys, you know, being married kind of divide up the work of running this restaurant. I think we're still trying to figure that out. (laughs) I think two years into it, we're still trying to figure that out. But I think I have a little more flexibility, him being in a kitchen, not so much. He has to be there. Um, I can operate during the day and then I can kind of get home, grab the kids and then open up my laptop and maybe get on and do some more work while my daughter's at gymnastics or our son is at band practice. So that kind of helps with me being a little bit more flexible, but it's still very difficult. And I don't think it will ever be something that's easy. Yeah, no, I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand necessarily what it takes beyond the, what they see inside the restaurant, right? They think, oh, you know, a lot of people think we walk in the door at, you know, we open up at four o'clock for dinner. They think we walk through the door at three o'clock and it's ready to go. You know, our, we have people there starting at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and so, you know, there's a ton that goes into it besides what's just seen. And, um, and it, it, it is nice that we can break up kind of a little bit of our responsibilities the way that we can. Um, so that we can still get everything accomplished, but we can also still be, you know, parents and, um, and friends and, um, you know, all the other things that go on in life. So, but I mean, the kids are, they spend a lot of time at the restaurant. Yeah. I would say chances are they're 90% of the time they're in the office hanging out. Um, yeah. We put a TV in the office just to <laughs> help them kind of be there. Good thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have, what have you guys learned working together as a husband and wife team? Um, maybe something that's been surprising or, um, you know, in a good way. Um, or maybe if you have some advice to somebody who, um, you know, is part of a husband and wife team thinking about going into business together, um, you know, thoughts on that. I mean, I think we've learned how important communication is, right. And how, um, how you might think you have good communication until, you know, everything really starts going awry. Um, but it, I think we've always been a good team. Um, whenever there have been moments in our lives when 
uh, it feels like the world's kind of been against us or we've gone through struggles or whatever the case may be. Um, we've always kind of had the ability to, to become more together at those points and work through those issues. Um, and this is no different. Um, it's different in the standpoint of, you know, where in the past, maybe one of us was really stressed. The other one could support better. <laughs> and then when you have both of us at, at, you know, breaking points from a stress standpoint, trying to work together, it, it you know, it, it isn't always pretty, but, um, I think what we what we've learned and and the advice that I would give anyway um, is to make sure that uh, you're forgiving of yourself and of one another um, and working on that communication to make sure that you know even in the hardest times you're working together to to kind of move forward because it's you know business doesn't matter what business you're in it's not easy when you're when you're the owners and operators of that business but the restaurant industry itself is, is extremely stressful also on top of what normal business stressors have. So I think, um, reminding myself that we are on the same team and, and doing that often, there are, are a lot of moments where, you know, we used to be sounding boards for each other at our own respective workplaces before he would come home. If he had an issue at work, he would talk through it with me and vice versa. And now those issues, it's the same workplace. And sometimes the issues that we have are with one another. And so that is something that we've had to figure out how to navigate and taking a step back and reminding each other that we are on the same team. Our goal is ultimately the same thing. Um, so we just need to, again, communicate better, right? right? <laughs> yeah, that's probably the root of it all is just mm -hmm. communication, maybe over-communication in some degree, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, on the flip side, what's been the most fun thing about starting your own business and, and creating your own concept basically from scratch? I think it's still very surreal for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I think because we're so involved in the day-to-day, there are moments where I feel like it's somebody else's restaurant. Um, but I think the general feedback, the general feedback that we get when people say thank you, you know, it's really rare um, that people will often reach out to say positive things. It's just human nature. People tend to focus on negative. But when we get feedback that is appreciative um, or when we, when we stop to look at the positive feedback, because that's another thing that's human nature. We tend to only focus on what do we need to fix? What do we need to fix? So when we take a step back and we look at actually what we've accomplished, that is a really incredible feeling that I still don't know if I'm, I'm used to feeling it. Um, but that and our staff, our team, I think watching them and seeing how much they've learned over the last two years or impossible situations that might've been very difficult for them to navigate when we first opened and now they navigate it like pros. It's seeing that is pretty spectacular and amazing. I think, yeah, when we just step back and look at all of it, it's wow, we mm -hmm. really have come far. It's weird. Two years, it feels like we opened yesterday, but also it feels like we've been open for a million years. So... <laughs> What is your previous hospitality and restaurant fine dining experience? How has that helped 
you know, kind of shape the Graceful Ordinary? Well, for me, so I've been working professionally in kitchens for, I mean, since I, it was my first job when I was 15 years old, um, since I was 18, so 26 years now. Um, and I think every experience in a restaurant has, you know, brought us to this point for, for, for me, for sure. Um, everything that you're supposed to do, everything that you're not supposed to do, learning from, uh, other mentors and chefs and leaders on what I thought was good leadership. You know, a lot of people look at the chef and think that cooking is all that we do and cooking's the least thing that we do. Um, you know, my job is to be a leader. My job is to be a teacher. My job is to be a, a mental counselor, you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, my job is to, uh, be a, a big brother or a father figure to, to people just coming into the industry. Um, because I've lived every experience that they're probably going to live. Um, or at least can relate to every experience that they've gone through in one way or another. So, um, you know, fine dining is attention to detail, but I tell our, our people all the time, I said it yesterday, one of our young cooks, the difference between what, you know, a guy like Thomas Keller at the French Laundry, who's arguably the greatest chef in American history, um, the difference between what he does there and what they do at Applebee's is the difference between attention to detail and knowledge. That's it. Everything else is the same. And so, um, you know, if I had to say one thing from, from my end that that's brought, it's, it's all those life experiences and that understanding that if you want to pay attention, if you want to do something great, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Also my first job too. So 16, I, my first job was at the Outback Steakhouse in South Elgin. And, uh, you know, and I haven't done anything else except restaurant. I've worked every single front of house position there is. And then I pivoted into events for a little bit and then went back into the restaurant industry. And I think with all of them, um, the over the, the overwhelming sense of hospitality that's crucial uh, to providing guests with a memorable experience. but. You know, I think the biggest part of it is establishing connections. I think it's, there's what we talk about, there's order taking, and then there's guiding somebody and connecting with them and paying attention to the little details so that you can anticipate needs before the guest even realizes that it's something that they need. And I think if there's one thing over the 20 years that I've learned is is paying attention to those details um seeing how guests interact with one another and being proactive being attentive at the host stand trying to minimize escalation from guests all these are important things that all tie back to attention to detail and being aware and I think if you do that and if you figure that out and you're able to master that that's something that is beneficial in any job sure you know? Yeah. So I, I always joke, I think the world would be a better place if everybody did like a mandatory one to two year stint in a restaurant. I think uh, people would be a little kinder to one another. <laughs> and, For uh, sure. 
<laughs> and a little more efficient, yes. you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. it sounds like you guys are on the same page in terms of paying attention to details mm -hmm. and the little things that matter. And so now I want to give you a chance to brag a little bit and brag on yourselves about the restaurant. Let's say somebody's never come into the Graceful Ordinary before. What, I mean, and let's go into some detail here. What makes, what can they expect? What What's going to make them have a spectacular experience, whether that's, you know, the ambiance and the service or the food and the dishes, or like you said, kind of all of those things blending together. Can you, can you go into detail about what that, what somebody can expect? I'm going to say this is the toughest question of all, because, you know, <laughs> bragging about ourselves is not something we're very good at. Um, there's a reason why we're usually behind this. Place. Yeah. There's a reason for that for sure. Um, but I think it's all about, a unified experience, you know, from the minute you drive by to see, um, you know, the outdoor landscaping that we've got in front, um, the signage that we have there, the, the building in and of itself kind of being a, a landmark, um, drawing you into, you know, what we believe is both a cozy and refined, um, dining room experience, uh, bar experience. Um, it makes you feel warm and welcome in the winter time and in the summertime, you know, you can feel like you're sitting on a river in, in Europe. And we did that on purpose because when we first initially started planning everything, we knew the terrace and the outside would draw people regardless. Our biggest concern was how do we get people to still want to come to a restaurant in January, February, um, when it's super cold outside and obviously that terrace is unusable. And so we made an effort to make the main dining room and our bar area, and even our fireplace lounge, really cozy. So we did bring in, and also the tavern concept helped with this, but we brought in a lot of wood tones. We worked with a very talented mill worker who did all the custom woodwork um, in all of our archways and our ceiling. And our custom booths that are lined with like a blue velvet that was meant to make people feel cozy. And again, tavern. So even though it is upscale, the idea of community and communal is supposed to be in there too. So it is supposed to be a little bit more livelier, um, the atmosphere. And, you know, we have his open kitchen. He's got 20 feet, 12 foot hearth, but we wanted again, people to be able to see right in there. So when he's cooking his squab, he's hanging it right on there. For anybody who doesn't know what squab is, it's pigeon. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy way to say pigeon. But um, we're hanging that right there uh, over the hearth where everybody in the dining room can see that. And the fire, the smell adds to it. You know, you walk in and you get the feel that you're going to have some nice food coming off that hearth. And um, the wallpaper that I spent too many, hours too many hours trying to pick out might have cried a couple of times over it um and i cried again happy tears when we put it up and it actually worked and looked good but that was all meant to bring in a cozy environment or to make it feel like you just walked into a tavern in the 1700s just a little more modernized a little prettier yeah the pretty chandeliers and then that goes, you know, that kind of whole messaging and, and vibe goes into what we do with the cooking. Um, you know, like Megan mentioned, the hearth uh, is, you know, that 
base of like a colonial tavern. Um, but we wanted to, to do it nicer and to do it feeling better, I think. And, but still every, everything that we do is kind of an approachable ingredient. We've got chicken and beef and salmon on our menus and yeah, we'll challenge guests sometimes with right now we've got venison on the menu before we had squab. Um, we've got an octopus carpaccio on the menu and that can be a little bit more challenging and exciting, but for the most part, these are, you know, the things that we have on the menu are, are recognizable everyday things that you don't have to be a foodie to know like, Oh, I like salmon. Oh, I like steak, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, we take that same mentality that we take with the front of the house and how does that interact with the dining experience and the food experience? Um, and I think that that's what sets us apart for sure. Um, because we take all those things into consideration and how they're all going to work together with service and how it all ties into the guest experience. We are, you know, there's a lot of restaurants out there and this is not a knock on anyone who does this, but provide a really good meal and, or really good drinks. And that's great. And we need a lot of those. Um, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is create an experience for people, you know, um, where they can leave whatever problems they might have at the door or they can celebrate whatever they want to celebrate. Um, and it all is encompassed with this meal that they're having. Um, so I think that that's kind of where we're at and how we're different from others. Yeah. And I'm going to talk a little more about chef's menu and how he intentionally laid it out too. Cause I think that sets us apart too. It is a limited menu and that's because Everything that we do, like his pastas, he hand makes them. Um, everything is seasonal. We rotate out dishes, maybe not the entire menu, but he's rotating out two, sometimes three dishes every few weeks. Um, and it's all, again, based on seasonality. Um, and to make sure that, you know, I think some people might not believe me when I say this, to make it still affordable, as affordable as we can. Because sometimes prices can get crazy. What has benefited us, especially with inflation these last couple of years, is we have a talented chef who can manipulate ingredients and is used to cooking so many different things that we can rotate out different things to keep costs manageable, not just for the restaurant, but for our guests too. Um, and so that's been a huge thing. And the way he intentionally laid out the menu um, we kind of did it twofold. There's a certain way that we eat when we go out and dine and we like to kind of share everything so that we can try as many dishes as possible. So we will split everything. Um, that's kind of the thought behind the snacks and the small plates. So if you go in, there's a snack section. These are all items that are maybe three to four bites that people can get. Oh, if I just want to try the octopus carpaccio, they can do that. If they want to get several of them, it's almost like you're creating your own charcuterie board. It's, that's the thought behind the snacks. And then small plates are going to be what people would envision as the appetizers, but also things that are shareable. Or if you want a first course before your main entree, that is what the small plates are for. And then the entree is if you're traditional and you just like your one plate and that's it, then that's what your entrees are for. And then we throw in some extra sides so that if people want to do sides family style, like, hey, you're going to get the steak. I'm going to get the salmon. 
let's get the Brussels sprouts and split those. Like that's, it's really just to kind of be able to allow guests to choose their own adventure. That's exactly um, what I was going to say. That's what, yeah. that's what I tell our servers. I'm like, it's a choose, it's a choose your own adventure yeah. menu. And so it's really, I think, I think it allows a lot of play for the guests. You know, they can go in and they can create their own experience. Um, and there's something for everybody, you know, dietary restrictions, we accommodate those. And it may not seem like that on the menu, but again, that's the nice thing about having a chef of Chris's caliber in there is that they can create stuff if there's something that they really want, or most of our dishes can be modified easily. So those are things that add to it. Um, you know, again, just that level of experience that you get behind everything. Um, and the fact that we care, we want everybody to have fun. We're not going to say, no, sorry, you don't eat gluten, suffer. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. And then the cocktail program, that's our amazing bar team. They do a incredible job with creating amazing cocktails. We, I, honestly, I've never worked for another restaurant group that's ever done this. We rotate out our entire drink menu and overhaul it. Twice a year, every wow. spring and every fall, we change out every single drink. And that's a lot of work for yeah. our bar team to do, um, especially since we do offer a lot of one-off events that they're usually creating cocktails for. So that is something that's pretty incredible. And I love it. I think they love it because it allows them a sense of creativity. They can, you know, it's exciting for them to be able to come up with something new, keeps it fresh and they're not making the same drinks, you know, two years later. And we also do barrel picks. We decided early on, um, we first worked with Heaven's Door to do some offer limited barrels. So we've done a limited gin pit barrel pick. We've done several bourbon. We've got a Chardonnay. That's now the Graceful Ordinary Chardonnay. So these are all things that we are constantly looking for ways on how to offer something unique that guests can't get anywhere else. Um, we do that with a lot of our pop-up events, too. You know, we've got, he's got a ton of chef friends in the city. So we've done pop-up dinners where we invite our friends out and you get a little bit of Chef Chris's food. And like we just had Al Shea, we had Chef John Mannion out here. And these are things that we've, we've got all these years of people we've met and places we've gone and things that we've seen and experienced. And we're just trying to deliver that to everybody out here in the Fox Valley area. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, how long have you been involved with the Chamber of Commerce? Is that something that you did right when you started yep. Graceful yep. Ordinary? Yep. Really? What was, and was that important to you to get that started or how did that, how did that happen? So I think it goes back to our sense of um, hospitality and, and community, right? Um, you know, this is an organization that's here to support businesses and, and promote businesses in St. Charles. So, um, you know, why wouldn't we want to be a part of that when, when our goal is to be part of the community? Like any of the other um, organizations uh, that we're involved with in St. Charles, it just, it makes sense. Yeah. What kind of value do you do you feel that you get from the St. Charles Area Chamber of Commerce? I think resources. I also think um, just being able to connect with other business owners. But also, you know, I grew up 
familiar with the St. Charles area. Being in Burlington, St. Charles is where we would often go to growing up if we didn't want to make that drive all the way out to Chicago. But that being said, we still weren't very familiar with the St. Charles area when we first opened up. And we relied heavily on the Chamber and the Business Alliance and other business owners to help kind of guide us. And without that guidance, a difficult opening would have been even more difficult. So it was very valuable for us. Yeah. Cool. Um, so one last question. Um, you know, now you've got a couple of years of the Graceful Ordinary going on. Um, you know, you still kind of feel like you're just getting started still. But what do you what do you think that your biggest accomplishments are and what kind of you know legacy do you think that you'll be able to leave behind or to, to put your mark on the St. Charles area with the Graceful Ordinary? I think when we first started, we've said it a few times now, but the community was a big aspect of that, being so centrally located, giving back to where we worked. That was very important to us. I think that we have accomplished. When we look back at, a, at our books, we have donated and raised a significant amount of money for local <coughs> charities and schools and organizations and clubs. Um, at times, maybe more than we should have, but for a new restaurant starting up, but it is really, really important. And to see the community and the support they give us to be able to support them back in return is amazing. I'm very proud of that. And I would hope that as we continue to do that, and as we foster these relationships with all these different clubs and organizations, I would hope that that is our legacy, that we were able to truly make an impact and a difference and in the amazing community that we're in. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that we looking back at, at everything, but when we started out, we foresaw this as like with our location and with the type of restaurant that we we're trying to do, you know, our goal is to be here forever. And you look back at your childhood and there are those certain institutions, right. That you look at that or businesses or places that you went to celebrate with your family or, or do all these things. And that's what our goal is to be because of where we're, we're located to be thought of as one of those institutions in St. Charles, along with so many other amazing places that, you know, came before us. And to Megan's point, the way that we feel like we do that is by giving back as much as we get from the community. Um, we understand that we can't exist without it. And so we need to make sure that we nourish the community too. And so I think that I'm also very proud of what we've done on that end. Um, because the rest of it doesn't matter without that. I, I don't think. Cool. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's an impressive start. And uh, I think you guys are very much well on your way to being uh, a St. Charles institution. So Cool. Okay. Thanks for having yeah. us. This was awesome. Yeah, no, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Up Close and Memorable. Special thanks to Camel Creative, as well as Both in Pictures, for making these possible. For more information about the St. Charles Area Chamber of Commerce or to become a member, visit stcharleschamber.com.